Hi, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast. I'm Sonia Wood, and this is Season 2, Episode 29. And today's short story, as you might have gathered, I am doing a series of sharing with you short stories from two um, books, actually. The one is Tiger and Tom and Other Short Stories for Boys, and The King's Daughter and Other Short Stories for Girls. And I've said before that these are not really girl and boy specific because every story in Tiger and Tom or The King's Daughter are for girls and boys because all of them are life lesson stories. And, you know, they are really, really um, old English. So what I used to do with these stories is I would read them because I didn't have them as an audiobook when our children were growing up. So I would read one of the stories and I would take that in, and then when the moment presented itself, I would share that story, um, tell the children that I had read a story about these boys or about um, some children that were doing X, Y, Z. And that story that I would be telling them about was a story that I had read out of one of these books because I found sometimes just chatting to them about the story, sharing it with them in that way, you know, just getting the the lesson and the value um, that I had read from that story and now I was telling them a story. It was more um, approachable for them, that more digestible, I suppose, in the fact that I wasn't just reading this English that was written, this literature that was written in the 1800s. Really, it was all these stories that I'm sharing in this podcast series. It was a collection of short stories that had been written for Sunday school classes or um, teaching lessons, value, parents teaching to their, their children, and so on. And in actual fact, they were collected from having been in the orphanages across the countries. So they were very well-known um, stories that were found in orphanages, which I just really liked that when I read about the history of these books because I just thought, wow, how wonderful. You know, the orphans were getting these rich, deep, valuable lessons um, for life, you know, to just train and teach them about life lessons. So that is where these stories come from. There's a bit of a background on the, where the stories come from. And so each time I do a podcast, I'm just sharing with you the next little story. They're about five or between three and ten minutes long each, generally. Um, and there's so many in these books, actually. I think there's about 70 short stories. So I'm not going to be sharing the whole book here because we have done the whole book as an audiobook and an ebook and so on. So, you know, it's available for you if you want more than what you're going to get from the podcast. Okay. But today's story, uh, before I just leave it to play for you, I just wanted to tell you about it a little bit. It's called Company Manners. And it's actually a story about keeping the same habits at home as you do outside of the home. In this instance, developing good manners, good manner habits. So, um, you know, sometimes it is so that when your children are out, they might behave a bit differently to when they are at home. And so this story is emphasizing that fact of helping your children to realize that the place to practice their good 
behavior, the kind behavior, the consideration of others, to practice those habits starts at home. And when they become developed at home, then when they go out, it just becomes, it just is who they are. It's just the, the habit that they have formed at home is just an extension of themselves when they when they go out and are with other company. And so the title of the story is called Company Manners. <laughs> um, and as I said, you know, these stories are really, if you can, when you're listening to them, just remember they were written in the 1800s and... Actually, something else I can tell you about them is Raymond and Dorothy Moore. You might or not be familiar with Raymond and Dorothy Moore. They are pioneers of home education in the States and the world. They're well known in that regard. And they have said that these short stories, this collection of short stories in both Tiger and Tom and the King's Daughter, are just the most amazing stories that they can highly suggest and recommend, although they both are not with us anymore. Um, Raymond and Dorothy, they have both had an upgrade and they're in heaven now. Um, but anyway, they they highly recommended these stories for training character and developing good habits and teaching values and so on. So there you go. The next story is Company Manners. I hope you enjoy it. The sound isn't as great as we would like it to be because it was in the early days of um, recording that we did this one. Um, Things have since um, improved with regard to recording since then. But anyway, the story is still the same and we hope, well, I hope that you will get some value from it. So enjoy Company Manners and thank you for joining me on this podcast. Bye for now. Company Manners. Well, said Bessie very emphatically, I think Russell Morton is the best boy there is anyhow. Why so, pet? I asked, settling myself in the midst of the busy group gathered around the firelight. I can tell, interrupted Wilfred. Bessie likes Russ because he's so polite. I don't care that you may laugh, said Frank Little Bess. That is the reason, at least one of them. He's nice, he doesn't stamp and hoot in the house, and he never says, Hello, Bess! or laughs when I fall on the ass. Bessie wants company manners all the time, said Wilfred, and Belle added, we should all act grown up if we wanted to suit her. Dauntless Bessie made haste to retort, well, if growing up would make some folks more agreeable, it's a pity we can't hurry about it. Wilfred, what are company manners? I questioned from the depths of my easy chair. Why, why, they, 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 it's, it's behaving, you know, when folks are there or, or when we go visiting. Company manners are good manners, said Horace. Oh, yes, answered I, meditating on it. I see manners that are too good for mother, but just right for Mrs. Jones. That's it, cried Bess. But let us talk it over a bit, seriously. Why should you be more polite to Mrs. Jones than to your own mother? Do you love Mrs. Jones better? Oh, my, no, indeed, chorused the voices. Well, then I don't see why Mrs. Jones should have all that's agreeable, why the hats should come off and the tones soften and the please and thank yous and excuse me's should abound in her house and not in your mother's. 
Oh, that's very different. Mother knows we mean all right. Besides, you are not fair, cousin. We were talking about boys and girls, not grown-up people. Thus my little audience assailed me, and I was forced to a change of base. Well, about boys and girls then, cannot a boy be just as happy if, like our friend Russell, he is gentle to the little girls, doesn't pitch his brother into the snow, and respects the rights of his cousins and intimate friends? It seems to me that politeness is just as suitable to the playground as the parlour. Oh, of course, if you'd have a fellow give up all his fun, said Wilfred. My dear boy, said I, that isn't what I want. Run and jump and shout as much as you please. Skate and slide and snowball and have fun. But do it with politeness to other boys and girls. And I'll agree you shall find just as much fun in it. You sometimes say our pet Burke Holland more than any of my child friends. Can I help it? For though he is lively and sometimes frolicsome, his manners are always good. You never see him with his chair tipped up or with his hat on the house. He never pushes ahead of you to get first out of the room. If you're going out, he holds open the door. If weary, it is Burke who brings a glass of water, places a chair, has a fan, springs to pick up your handkerchief, and all this without being told to do so or interfering with his own gaiety in the least. This attention isn't only given to me as the guest, or to Mrs. Jones when he visits her, but to mother, Aunt Jenny and little sister just as carefully, at home, in school, or at play. There's always just so much guard against rudeness. His courtesy is not merely for state occasions, but it is like a well-fitting garment worn constantly. His manliness is genuine, loving-kindness. In fact, that is exactly what real politeness is, carefulness for others and watchfulness over ourselves. It is important for boys and girls to realise, until they have grown too old and easily to adopt new ones, how important it is to guard against contracting careless and awkward habits of speech and manners. Some very unwisely think it is not necessary to be so very particular about these things, except when company is present. But this is a grave mistake, for coarseness will betray itself in spite of the most watchful care. It is impossible to indulge in one form of speech or have one set of manners at home and another abroad, because in moments of confusion or bashfulness, such as every young person feels sometimes who is sensitive and modest, the everyday mode of expression will discover itself. It is not, however, merely because refinements of speech and grace of manners are pleasing to the sense that our young friends are recommended to cultivate and practice them. Outward refinement of any kind reacts, as it were, on the character and makes it more sweet and gentle and lovable. And these are qualities that attract and draw about the possessor a host of kind friends.' 